Hello, NRL fans, and welcome back to the NRL Rewind Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namoski. Welcome to another off-season Supercoach team preview. I've once again got Nom with me, mate. Nom, how are you? Very well, mate. Looking forward to the, the Sharkies. So the Sharkies, uh, honestly, one of the toughest teams to really put down because how they started the season last year to how they finished it, the the two are now in the finals, the have they got anything besides Nico Hines in attack. Why is Wade Graham still playing in a row in 2023? There's lots of questions I wanted to kind of throw in here. So we've got him here at number six, firmly in the top eight, pushing that top four. So let's go through the predicted list and then kind of bounce off each other for that top six pre- uh, prediction there. So at fullback, we've got Will Kennedy. On the wings, we've got Sione Katoa, Ronaldo Molotalo. In the centres, we've got Jesse Ramian and Sifatalakai. In the halves, Matt Moyle and Nico Hines. A front row of Dolphin Nukin and Toby Rudolph with Blake Braley at nine. Britton Nakora, Wade Graham and Cam McInnes in the back row with Royce Hunt, Jack Williams, Oregon Kafusi and Teague Wilton on the bench. So a couple of things to mention there. Fanukin will probably play 13 with McInnes off the bench, even though I think that's the wrong way to do it. They'll probably start Hunt or Hamnueli or Kafusio on the starting rotation. So that's just one that I think that should be there. Uh, but no, let's start with overall as a you I've just read out the team to you. I told you they're sixth. Where does that fit to you? Too high, too low, just right. Yeah, look, I think I think that is probably just about right. Um, the thing about the Sharks, yes, the way they finish, but also it was their draw last year. Um, yes. I think they had a very sort of Seagulls, Turbo, Dally M year sort of draw. Yes. So that's why, look, I think it'll be it'll be harsh for them to drop out of the eighth, but yeah, they're probably in that sort of six to eight range for me. Look, for me, it's I'm very, very interested to see what every team will do with Nico Hines this year. I feel like there's a lot of there's a full year of tape over him now as the starting number seven. And in that spine, Will Kennedy. Matt Moyle and Blake Bray, all good players, but are they game winners? If Nico Hines is being shot out or being, you know, really held in his check, is one of those guys able to really step up and take it over? Will Kennedy, a supporting fullback who can really link up well off the line, runs hard, but has he got that in him? Matt Moylan, at this stage of his career, can we see a return to running the ball 15 times a game and, you know, putting a team on his back. And Blake Braley, can he be the dominant number nine or is he going to be more a supporting um, hooker to get the ball out in time? That's my biggest question mark for the Sharkies this year. If the teams look at the tape and go, rush up on Nico, run 30 times at Nico all game, make him tired in defense, what's plan B if that doesn't work? That's my biggest question for this team and why I've got them down in sixth. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because I guess, yeah, Nico is the sort of vocal point of their attack. Uh, but look, one of their strengths has to be their sort of battle line still. They've still got, you know, Sifatalakai, Jesse Ramey in the centers, and then you got Sione Katoa and uh, Ronaldo Mulatalo running the ball out. <sighs> yeah, the, the two to five is ridiculous. You know, you got two potent 20 try game scorers in Katoa and Mulatalo. You've got potentially one of the best game-wrecking centers in the comp in Jesse Ramian. 
But let's land on Talakai because he's actually well. Let's jump ahead. He's my first avoid. Mm. Take away that man, that heart, that first half against Manly last year. What really was there of substance? We saw too many times when teams would rush up on him, not let him get that that bulldozer speed uh, into the line. There was a lot of unsure what to do, handling errors, picked the wrong, should have passed or should have held it. I just wonder. You look at the depth of their outside backs. It's actually tremendous what they've got. So in the halves, obviously, Braden Trindle will be at the backup. In terms of fullbacks, they've got Kay Dykes and Lockie Miller. In the outside backs, they've got Connor Tracy, Harotti. I think Ikevalo's out with the injury, but he'll be back potentially at some stage. There's so much depth in that back line where, you know, is Connor Tracy better as a centre than Talakai? I'm not sure the answer is there, but the fact that it's even a debate for me is saying something. So... He's someone who's lost his jewel, so you can't flick him around. He's only a center. He'll probably be playing only center in this team. So the value drops a little bit. So I've got a I've got my first avoid on Talakai, but only because when you take out that one half of football, the rest of the evidence, there wasn't many other shining moments there. Yeah, Talakai. I think uh yeah, without again, fucking these um these are uh, dual positions that uh <laughs> that the admins at a uh, super coach are, are, are stitching out on um yeah I think Taika, I I would have to agree wholeheartedly with that sort of void in that um he sort of set the world on or you know set the league world on fire with that sort of one half of footy and he had a few good runs but uh yeah towards the and it sort of did fizzle for him. And um, look, but his name was, I think a lot of people will still go high on him. 100%. The next avoid would be Cam McInnes. Only because, again, I don't think he's going to start. And I think he's turned into, in this phase of his career, or this stage of his shark career, I should say, he's like, oh, the Craig Fitzgibbon is trusting off the bench. They still give him good minutes, but he's got one job. Run the ball, quick play the ball. So that's his job. Tackle, quick play the ball. So... There was a couple of times last year at the end of the season where there was a few times he got over the line, got held up, or just got pulled down short. So there's definitely some attacking stats in him. But again, another guy that lost his jewel, he's only two RF this year, not hooker, which is, I think when you first saw the list, that was the first thing that kind of popped out to you that I get that he didn't play nine, but this is a guy that, you know, has his whole career been a nine and just one season was coming off the bench playing as an impact forward. So it's a tough jewel to lose. But again, I think... People in our league especially will rate him very highly and go very high on him. But for what I think Fitzgibbon has got planned for him, I think it might be a tiny avoid. Yeah, he, he's one of those players where he really does need the minutes. He's more of a base beast um, in that he's, for every minute he's out there, you can expect at least a point from him. But yeah, he unfortunately, oh, maybe 50 minutes. I'd say 50-55 yeah. um, as a bench player, which is a still good knock for a bench player. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, without that 80-minute role, um, Cam McKinnis is probably a no-go for me. And the last one, which is maybe a surprising one, and, again, I think it's only because the way I'm viewing this setup of the team, I thought Will Kennedy is probably my third avoid, only because of what it's probably going to cost to draft him. I think he'll go pretty high. I actually think it's a hot take. I think he's the third best fullback in the Sharks squad. I think K Dykes is I think K Dykes and Lockie Miller are both ahead of Will Kennedy in terms of skill and talent. So it won't surprise me if the Sharks start really slow. You know, we're talking about like round five and six, they're two and four, one and four. 
and you know their attacks not firing i could see them going straight to k dykes or straight to lockie miller so that's just one that i've i've parked in my head where i'm definitely going to stash k dykes or lockie miller on my bench in in our draft because again i think it could be a short switch and again he could go out there and brain it and prove me very wrong but i just have a feeling we saw dykes and miller both last year at certain points and they sleep they fit in seamlessly into this attack so just one to watch for me at least Word on the street is that Lachlan Miller might be coming over to Newcastle going yep. up the uh, M1. So, uh, yeah, watch this space. Look, if Lockie Miller goes and, you know, they put Ponga in a six and Lockie Miller in a one, instantly drops dump, uh, jumps into the top ten options as a fullback. Uh, I'm really high on Dykes and Miller this year, so it'll be interesting. But we did skip there to the avoids. Let's go to the guns before we finish up here, Norm. We have to start with Nico Hines, the number seven. I've got him as the second best halfback, second best overall player in the comp this year. Even if teams do gang up on him and try and do things, he's one of those playmakers that could just, when he gets the ball in his hand, makes things happen, always finds an assist, sneaks over a try, and goal kicks at a good clip. So he's definitely going to be one where he'll be going in the top three picks of a draft, and you should definitely start with him in Classic. Yeah, um... Sorry, I just had a brain fart. Who are you talking about? Sorry, Nico, Nico Hines. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think with Nico Hines, um, I, I'm pretty sure he came out as the top scoring super coach player last year. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's definitely gonna go, yeah, top top two, top three, uh, definitely up there with in terms of with Nathan Cleary in terms of um, you know, super coach points and being the focal sort of. Uh, attacking um, focal point of the team and also goal kicker, tick, tick, tick. Yeah. And then the other two guns, I think it is the two wingers. I think they're both in for huge years. I've actually got Katoa as a slight ahead of Mulatalo. I think Katoa just has a bit more work in him, whereas Mulatalo kind of doesn't really go for the ball sometimes, whereas Katoa goes looking for it. So I think if you end up with either sharp winger as your first center wing in your team in draft, and in classic, you have to own one of them. I think you have to have a piece of real estate on the Sharks' back line, just the way it is. So I think those two, one of them is definitely in your team. And you know what? In a draft, if you're in round, let's say, three and four, and you could snag both of them back-to-back -back, if you're in the end of a snake, could be an option as well. There's many options you can go with this back line for the Sharkies. Yeah. I mean, last season, um, you know, real estate – Owning a piece of real estate in this Sharks uh, backline was hot property. Um, and, yeah, this year it'd probably be the same. We'll leave it there, Nom. That's the Sharkies. Again, a team that could easily finish second, but I've got them in six just because of some of the question marks. So we'll keep running through the teams as we get into that battle for the top four now. So thank you for coming on, mate. Always a pleasure. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a great day. We'll hear from you soon. Cheers.